When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big horses in today. Yes, sir. How you doing? In the trenches today, baby. Oh, dude, I want to hear that Reggie White story today. And I watched that video. And hey, everybody, good morning to you here. Big Sills in here for Harry Mays here as we go around for the next couple weeks together with I'm, I'm gonna be playing right next to Barrett here over the next couple weeks here, man. I'm going to help you out. I'll get up to the next level. I'll try to scoop and slip. (laughs) I'll try to get up there for you, man. I'll try to do my best, man. All good, man. The tag called tag. Swoop, swoop, swoop. Get him. You got to get him. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know you guys used to cheat, man, because every time, you know, you say swoop or or, or tag, tag, tag. Y'all knew exactly what those calls were. And you'd be looking for them, waiting for them to come, too. I remember I was uh, about to swoop your boy, uh, Russell Maryland. And as soon as I said swoop, he turned around. He looked at me just like this. Looked me square in my face. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> I would look over at Jerome. I'm like, man, this guy's getting on my front side. Jerome would go, hey, I tell Buddy, I'm going to run around the block all the time. I'm going to run around that guy. You know how to, you know how to slow uh, an offensive guard down or a center down? Run around a block once or twice. Oh, yeah. That'll make that dude stop in his tracks because then when you start – that's what Jerome used to do, dude. He would get slipped up on sometimes, and then Jerome would just go like this because he was so fast. JB would go, well, I'm going to run around him. Watch him slow up, man. He ain't going to be so uh, hurt in a hurry to get to that front side right. on me. <laughs> he goes, you watch this. And he would get this guy, and he would start getting him in a chess game. That's why some of those guys, dude, were so – I think Aaron Donald does some of that. He all the time he does. He runs underneath block or around block. That's what makes Sap so good, also, because he can get around there and do that. You know what I mean? When you do that, it takes away the whole plan because we're trying to get to that. We're trying to get to that linebacker, and if we can't get to that linebacker, the play is going to be over anyways. But now you got a linebacker. Then you have a, a, a defensive tackle that runs around, knowing that it's you know the type of offense you play is a, a, a zone play. He can make that play if he just runs around on him. So man, it, it it sucks when you have players that are you know good enough to do it. And understand the offense enough to make it happen, you know. That, and that's that's an unsung, that's an unsung trait in a lot of players these days that they don't understand plays like you know they did back in the day. They studied plays, they understood plays, they understood calls, all that stuff, man. You know what? You know you know what, Barrett. I, I get asked this question about Donald all the time. They go, "Sills, do you think he's the best defensive player or defensive tackle you've ever seen?" And I said. I guess for the era, because what you're talking about back in the day with Sapp and Jerome and like maybe even go even back to me, Joe Green and them dudes, those guys played the run. 
Yes. They would not get slipped and hooked, slipped and scooped. These guys were just they, – they were multifaceted defensive tackles. I tell this to Xander all the time. Man, Aaron Donald, do you really think that he cares about playing the run? I don't think in today's game that he cares so much about playing the run. And, like, you know, we, we, I was kind of half kidding here when I was talking about Reggie, and I was saying, dude, Reggie White is the greatest defensive tackle the history of the National Football League. And I compared that hook that he had to like Jabbar Skyhook. Nobody yes. in the history of God, Barrett, has ever been able to duplicate that. And I, I saw That's that a video move. last week with you that mm -hmm. when you said you played against him, what was the big what was the big point on that hooks that he he would take Nate Newen, throw him on his head. He would take Eric um Eric Howard. Throw him on his head. He just Eric Williams. He would throw everybody on his head. Was it the hip that he got into you? Was it the leverage? I tried doing it, never happened. You know what? Is 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 I tell people all the time it's that grown man strength. You know, just like I play around my pops, and my pops is a big dude too. And when you get when you have somebody grab you, you know what I'm saying? That grown man strength, that's what he had, but he also understood leverage, like that hump move that he had. It wasn't just a hump move. He just going to throw you. He had moves off that hump move also. Yeah. Like, he would go to hump you like this. If you would stop the hump, he'd pull it back out and he'd swim you. Because yeah. you sat down on that hump. Then he'd swim you and go around you. So it was like it was more than just one move that you had to stop. He had, like, two or three moves off that hump move. like Or he'd try to hump you, and then he'll spin on you. Or he'll try to hump you, and then once he humps you, he bring her back down and put his hand right in your chest, and then he just bull rush you. I mean, all those moves off of just one hump move that you – the big thing about playing Reggie was, like, you didn't want to be on that ESPN moment. <laughs> that's what it was. He wanted to get his body into your body, and that's what made him a great player. If he can get his body into your body, he would win nine times out of ten. If I'm going to send I, – I, I do have one play that I – he made the play anyway. He knocked the ball down. On that play, he he knocked it down, but um, I had him blocked, man, and I kept him away from my body, and that was the only reason why I was able to do it. I just so kept him away keeping from body. distance away from him was the key, and not yes. letting him get into you. Yes, but he was so strong that if you stayed too far away from him, he could press you into the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he one hand stab you. If people don't oh, so like, he he's he's moving you by moving his feet back into the quarterback. Yes, and co he's collapsing at worst. Even if you're blocking him, at worst, he's collapsing the pocket. Yes, he's always going to – every move is going towards the quarterback. I see some guys, they do moves like Strahan. Strahan's big move was he'll hit you and he'll grab you outside of your shoulder pad and he pull himself and, and, and ricochet himself by. He would use your momentum and ricochet as well by you. Well, he's working away from the quarterback when you're doing yeah. that. And I wanted him to do that. If he did that – yeah, I would just won. accelerate his movement going away from the quarterback. Reggie didn't do that. Reggie was always moving towards the quarterback. His his momentum was going towards the quarterback. Every move was working towards the quarterback. That's what made him great. Always made him great. Okay, if you had to start your football team and build your defense around one guy, Aaron Donald, with today's rules, or Reggie, who would it be? Oh, Reggie, because Reggie can play now. He can play then forevermore. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I think Aaron Donald would struggle back in our time. There's no question about it. You know, I'm going to tell you the big reason why. They double-team block back then. 
A double team, he's just too little. He was just too light. Now he's six feet two. People don't realize this. Aaron Donald's six feet two seventy five, two eighty five. That's little, bro. That is little. Six foot. That's little. And I mean, a guy like uh, John Randall, about the same size as John yep, Randall. John Randall. But they double team now. I mean, uh, back then, when I say double team, when you have guys coming off the rock and double team, and you're trying to do all that fancy stuff. They would catch you up beneath your pads and take you for a ride. And he yeah. gets caught like that often, but he just, you know, once he makes his mind up, he's going to rush the passer. You can't stop him. But if you can catch him on rundowns, he, he'll beat you on rundowns. He'll he beat takes, him on rundowns. He, he, he gets taken out of – I've talked to Sap about this a boatload of times. He gets taken out of play so many times. Yes, he does. Because he picks a side. And, look, I think he's spectacular. I think he was – um, hosed out of being the MVP in that Super Bowl last Sunday. I yes, mean, I, I I totally yeah, he thought he was the difference in that ball game because pressure in the second half was the difference in getting to Joe Burrow. But but to me, he takes himself out of so many so many plays because he picks a side. And again, that's what you're talking about when we're talking picking a side here. So yeah, man. I I mean, look, I think he's great, and I I, I think he's. You know, First ballot Hall of Famer and all the stuff that is going to go with it. He's big, you know. You know. You know what, too, Bear. Think about this with baseball guys. Back in the days, if you had the walk of shame where you struck out three or four times in a game, that was a bad deal. Yep, Today exactly. in baseball, if you strike out three times, but you get an RBI, they look at that and went, eh, "The guy went one for three, man. He's hitting three. Look at Mike Trout. Every year, Mike Trout's leading baseball in home runs when he's or in uh, strikeouts." When he's healthy, but the guy hits 39 homers, 120 RBIs. He hits 300, but he's like 145 strikeouts. Nobody cares about that any longer. The nope. walk of shame, like it used to be. So, again, I guess all the errors are different here. So much but, stuff still, going you, on. You're absolutely right, man. Like right now, uh, we're talking about baseball. Baseball is in the transition of, you know, they might lose all their fans because they just don't have the fanship. And it all started after the steroid era. Say what you want to say. I, I I hate that I say this, man. And people gonna be no, no, no. I'm gonna go with you, and I'm gonna agree with but you. But I I love the steroid area. Oh I love God. Mark McGuire and those guys. You know, and Conseco uh, hitting home runs. You know, I love the battles that we had with you know St. Louis, the, the 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 Cubs, and 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 the Oakland A's or the A's. I mean, I love that era because you had guys out there trying. Now they have everybody wants to swing for the fences, but they still don't have over 40 home runs. I mean, we we we're talking about 70, 75 home runs, man, back in the day. And now Barrett, you, you know what you had 40. in baseball? You know what you had? You had a villain. Right. <laughs> okay. And listen, you know, fans love villains. Absolutely. They love to root against guys like Bonds. I agree with you 100 percent And I've made this point to people about the baseball steroid era. There's no doubt that they have taken the game. And they have taken it to a different level where the lack of interest is there. Because like you said, guys hitting 50, 60, 70 home runs was something that was attracting fans. Here's my take on that, on, on, on why baseball and the owners did this. Barrett, they didn't do it to protect the players. They did it because you know why? Check this out. You just said it too. If a guy leads baseball in home runs with 39 home runs or 42 home runs versus 60, or 65. Think about that paycheck. Instead, yes. <laughs> the number the number one position when it was the highest paid position was the designated hitter. 
Yep. Look at that position today. Guys were making $20 million a year. Guys were making $18, $19 million a year. So what they did was they're looking at these numbers and doing this. Guys hitting 280. He's got 60 home runs, 140 RBIs. Dude, that's a $20 million a year guy. So you know what they did? They started, they started drug testing, 275, 35 homers, 90 RBIs. All of a sudden, you're going like this. Well, hey, look, the optics at least are this. That ain't a $20 million guy because the bar is here, and now we've lowered the bar. So to me, I've always thought it was about bringing down salaries. Right, right. Not That's caring so much about the player's health. No, and not caring so much about um, players getting into the Hall of Fame. They didn't care about who gets in the Hall of Fame, who doesn't. How about they this, man? Hey, that Hall of Fame thing, so, so wait a minute. So Clemens and Bonds from the age of 37, I did this a couple of years ago. Both of those guys made over $275 million. You could keep the Hall of Fame, dude. I'll right. take that. I'll take a quarter of a billion dollars. Hey, I'll no question. You can, hey, you want your jacket? You want to keep it? You go right ahead, man. I made $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars over a five-year period. I don't care, man. Just give me the money. I, I wouldn't care. I don't care what you did with it, man. And that's what it is. You know, and it's funny you say that, man, as far as villains. That's a big thing we don't have in really in today's sports these days. See, that's even, what they've done to Aaron Rodgers. But, but Barrett, you know what they have done to Aaron Rodgers this year? They have made him a villain. And he's like the villain. That's why every talk show I turn on, well, Aaron Rodgers hates this guy. Hey, he's crapping all over this guy. This guy's just not a really nice guy. He's not vaccinated. They're, they have turned him in You're right. to a villain. And guess what? That villain, people start watching. People start rooting for and against. You're either on one side or the other. Right. Of all the guys that the NFL has in the sport right now, the most polarizing guy is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even over Tom Brady, because the media has turned him into a villain. Yep, yep, and 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 everybody hated the Patriots. Yes, when Tom villains. Brady was there, the villains. You know, they were like they were they were like the the the, the, the cheating. The yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, they they had the stormtroopers. You know, going out there, they hated that team. The Raiders. Remember when the Raiders were considered all ah, that da, da. The villains? Exactly, exactly. The Raiders, Dallas, and and that's another thing. What about where happened? What happened to all the rivalries? What oh, rivalry man, they, is there is right now? And, Tell me a rivalry that you have in sports right now. A rivalry in sports. God, when I I'll tell you what, when I years ago, one of my favorite rivalries was Red Wings and Avalanche. That's no longer around. Nope. Um, you know what? I think I have to go more to the college, to the college game. To. Yes. To get Alabama. rivalries. Because what I don't think that Bears and Packer rivalry, and it's more situated in that region in the Midwest. I mean, NFL-wise, because I, I think free agency has ended those rivalries, Barrett, because, you know, back in the day when there was no player movement and you had Washington playing against Dallas, them same dudes would line up for 10 years against one another and they'd be going back and forth. Free agency, I mean, look, look, look Jets and Patriots, that's not a rivalry anymore, Peyton. No. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, it's it's not a rivalry. And I think the NFL, because of free agency, has taken a little bit of that away now. I think, like you said, I think the college ranks is probably where it is. Ohio State, Michigan, 
I felt it a little bit this year for the first time in a long time. Alabama, I don't Georgia, Alabama, Auburn probably Georgia, is Auburn. Uh, yep. You know, even 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 add Clemson into that. You know, you know if if, if you look at the past couple of years with you know Clemson, Bama. Yeah, you know, so it's I don't see it like it used. It used to be a bro was nothing like playing Steelers. Ravens. Oh man, that was a great rival. Ray Lewis against you know Alan Fanica, you know, the best guard in the league against the best linebacker in the league. They're battling every single play. Sarah Gusa, you know, going against you know uh uh Damani Dawson. There were so many rivalries in that game between the two of them back in those days. I mean, and, and it's what it's been almost 18, 19 years now. Yeah, I've been retired for for 15 years. And I remember when I first got there, the rival we had going against that vaunted Ravens defense. Was that against, the most physical game that you ever played in in your pros no, in a series? No question. No question about that. No question. What made I mean, it so what made it so intense? The innate hatred between, you know, the players on the team. Like it to this day, I bet you right now that Alan Fanica and Ray Lewis still don't get along. They still don't get along. You know, it was a good time, you know, that, that uh, you know, playing against Dallas all them years and me going against Leon Lett and those guys. You know, it was it was, it was was a fair one if we saw each other in the street. That's what how was intense the, it was. What was the bigger rivalry for you, Eagles-Cowboys or Steelers-Ravens? Um, from a from innate hatred with myself, I would have to say Dallas-Eagles. Just because, I mean, that that's the team that we were shooting and trying to beat, man. And they were just like perennials then. And maybe that's what the Ravens were looking at with the Steelers because, look, I say this to you. The Steelers, in my opinion, are the greatest franchise in the NFL because of the way they do things. I mean, three coaches since 1969. I mean, they don't have knee-jerk reactions. Barrett, anybody who's a Steeler, they want them to be a Steeler for the rest of their careers. They're not – looking to try to replace you. No. They're always looking to try to enhance you. They want you to get to your second contract. They want to be able to have player development. And I think that's what a lot of teams around the league, that's what they aspire to do. Nobody wants to be the Cleveland Browns. Nobody wants to be a conveyor belt of talent going in and out of places. That's why, to me, you played, in my in my opinion, you played in maybe the greatest franchise in sports. Let me tell you, man. Steeler franchise. Exactly. Let me tell you, Dan. I had uh, retired. I've been retired for four years, and I was doing um, ESPN games. I was producing ESPN games in the truck uh, with with Todd Blackledge, and we did a pit game. So since we did big out, I'd go down, you know, and I'd be in the interviewing process because I was a content producer. I'd be in the truck telling, "Hey, what they're doing? They're telling, telling Block, Todd, Todd, man, what they're doing? They're squatting down in cover two, and then having that safety. You know, he's going to stay deep." So they, you know, they they can hit the scene right. They can hit the scene route going out, you know, on a little post flag if they do this. So I'm telling him that, but he was able to put in his words while I'm telling them while he's on TV. So we would go in and we interviews the interviews the guys, um, Weinstab. So we we go in and the way it is, the Eagles. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers. Their workout facilities in the same building. They practice on the same field. By the way, Wanstat recruited um, Aaron Donald to pit, just so you yep. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so we go to interview him. And as we're interviewing him, after we finished the interview, I just walked over to uh to you know the other side, you know, because I mean I was four years removed. I knew all my boys were still there. Casey Hampton, uh uh uh, uh Troy Palomalo, all those guys were still over there. 
So I walk over there, and as I'm walking over, I'm going to have lunch. I see the the old man, the the, the, the old man, and uh, Mr. Rooney. Yeah. So I said, Mr. Rooney, how's it going? Oh, poor chap, how you doing? You remember they called me? Oh, poor chap, how you doing? I said, I'm good, I'm good. You know, doing a little uh, production, you know, inside the truck, you know, for, for ESPN. Oh, oh, that's great, that's great. Well, come over and have um, lunch with me. We go over and have lunch. Now, this is how it is. Dude, how, that's awesome. They're devout Catholics fish on every friday so we sit down we're talking he said hey man it's great to see you back great to have you back mind you i was a backup i was the sixth man i was a backup she said man oh man i finally got to save some money i said what do you mean by that you know uh, christmas man you had those five kids and had to buy them all builder bears you know so he remembered i had five kids <laughs> wow <laughs> and he's like yeah and he said how's your wife how's your wife uh, uh sonia i said saji yeah how's she doing he wow. knew her name Wow. So that's the type of organization that was, you know, when the time I was there, they only had like 680 Steelers to ever walk through the door. They keep their draft picks there and they, and they, and they cultivate their draft picks. They don't like to bring a lot of outsiders in. I and mean, if they do, they usually have our, you know, high standards type of character guys. So I was talking to a guy the other day about oh, Deshaun Watson talking about him going to the, to, to the Steelers. No way. I don't know. I don't know if they would let that happen because no way. they have a way of doing things you know, in, in the steel city, they'd rather have a guy like Neil O'Donnell in there than a guy <laughs> like Deshaun Watson, because that's just not how they're built. And I know people that have been in that organization. I had Kevin Colbert, the uh, general manager on my team. Uh, that's my, on guy. my show. That's my guy. I, you know, I love, and I, I met, I met Kevin when he was in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, Detroit yep. When he, he was to with Detroit Ron Hughes. To the, yeah. Still. Yep. Ron, Ron's my guy too. Yep. Yeah, Rick Spielman was on that um, staff and everything, right? Yep, so, yep, yep. Yeah, I think he took over for a guy by the name of Neil Neil Donahue or something like yep, that, Donahue. who was the yep, former yep. Yep. Uh, general manager. I mean, they they just do things in there. Rocky Blyer told me a story years ago at a Super Bowl. He's like, you know, Rocky was drafted by – in case some of you guys don't know, Rocky played with Franco on those great teams that won four Super Bowls in six years. Just- just the fullback that you know made things happen. And, and get this, he a Notre Dame guy. Then he gets drafted into Vietnam. He blows half his foot off. Do you know what the Roonies did? He comes back from the war, and he can't walk for two years. And the Roonies go like this to him: "Hey, you know what? We're going to keep you on injured reserve. Let's see if we can get this thing." Well, years removed, the guy is him and him and Franco become the first thousand back tandem. He wins four right. Super Bowls in six years. Rocky's got a purple heart, a bronze star, a silver star, one of the most decorated NFL athletes, battle-wise and also football-wise, in the history. And it was because the Roonies have one thing that organizations, and I, and I wonder if the Eagles have this when they get into this draft this year, is patience. They have so much patience, Barrett, when it comes to developing players, coaches, Look, look, look at what Mike Tomlin just did. Over the weekend, he hires Brian Flores to his coaching staff. I posted this. Hey, get this. I posted this on, on my Twitter page, at Dan Silio Show. I'm like, hey, congratulations. Because I got two guys on that staff, Carl Dunbar, the D-line coach, and Alfredo Roberts, you know the tight Dunbar? end coach. That's my What's frat that? brother, too. That's my frat brother, too. Yeah. I, those guys Those guys are my boys. I just love those guys. And so now, and I, and I of course, people want to make it into a racial thing. I went like this. Hey, congratulations, Coach Tomlin, on hiring really, really um, a great coach. And some guy goes, oh, I see. So when are we going to start sitting here hiring 
um, and talking about black coaches. I go, bro, he's a great coach. Right. Congratulated, <laughs> Mike, because he hired a great coach to his staff. I mean, There's his guy just left. He was in New England for 17 years. We're not right. talking about some stiff here. And you see, people take the headlines today, and it aggravates me. Look at the content of the guy. He was in New England 17 years. The last two years, he's turned the Dolphins around. And because they effed it up in Miami, because the owner, what you and I are talking about, Stephen Ross, because he has no patience, the organization that has all the patience in the world. And by the way, who knows how many years Mike Tomlin's going to be coaching the Steelers? What a great transition that could be in having a guy like Brian Flores as a head coach. I love Tomlin. Tomlin's my favorite NFL coach. A guy with integrity. I mean, the first time the Rooney Rule comes out, they don't. That's talk a joke, about though, it. Barrett. They don't talk about it. They, they were about it. They hired Tomlin. And I'm hey, gonna tell but, you, but, but, Barrett, the, the Rooney Rule's a joke. Well, I mean, I, it is. I understand it is. But at least you get guys noticed who have coaching prowess that get them noticed. If without that, they wouldn't have to do that. And, 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 and it's a shame that we have to have the Rooney rule in place for that to happen. Barrett, I've said this to everyone. I don't want a black coach as my coach. I want the right coach. The right coach, yes. The right coach is my guy. Whatever color, you and me will sit in a locker room, Barrett, and go like this. I don't fucking care what your color is. Right. Can you play and can you coach? That's all I ever cared about, man. That's what it's about, man. But realistically, a lot of people won't get into the door without that. You know what I'm saying? And that's a problem right there. But when when I'm talking to somebody, I don't give a damn what race, creed, or color, whatever they are. Because you and I come from a different culture that get this. You and me inside that. Barrett, the greatest education I ever got. I got I got to tell you this, the greatest education I ever got. I I went to an all Catholic school in Connecticut. We didn't have very many uh black guys on my on my team or in my school. It was all like white kids. I get down to Miami. My my roommates Jerome, Michael Irvin, <laughs> and I I go like this to Jimmy, the coach, you know, I mean, he's like, "What?" So he tells Jerome this. So Jerome comes over to me and goes, you got a problem with black guys? I go, no, I, no, no, no. It was the greatest education in my life, understanding. I'm going like, what are chitlins? What, 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 is, what, what, is, what are greens? What are collars? I, I, I don't, I've never eaten any of this food. He took me down to Liberty City, and, and I thought we were going to a Chinese restaurant. It had like, like stuffed intestines. I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> and he's like, right. I'm Barrett. It was the greatest education of my entire life. Bro, those guys to this day are my brothers, and I love them so much. Each and every single one of them. Same thing with me, man. I mean, I I was in the DSEC program. Uh, I'm from an all black community in St. Louis called Kenlock, and Kenlock exactly what it Ken. Everybody's kin to each other. They're locked in one place. Well, we were in a DSEC program. We had to, we got bust out. It was probably a forty to fifty minute ride there, and a forty fifty minute ride back. I get out there. I didn't know what the hell a a, a, a matzo bowl or a, a, a ball <laughs> or balls. You know, or a, I didn't know any of that. You know what I'm saying? Spaghetti was the only Italian thing I knew about. I didn't know anything about damn gravy or anything like that. And what no meatballs, you know, being served in my crib. You know what I'm saying? Might have sausage, <laughs> but you might just have hamburger. In it, you know, it was just a different, different 
cultural access that I got. Then it helped me implement me going to Kansas State because I didn't know anything about um, I don't know anything about Rocky Mountain oysters. I still don't know about what the hell Rocky Mountain oysters are. You know what I'm saying? But you know, just just a culture shock. People have to understand. Yes, there are differences in how you grew up, but there's no differences in who you are. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Or how you react when you get there. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, bro. I could care less what what you are. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. If you're a good guy, you're a good guy. You know what I'm saying? And everybody falls in between, bro. Everybody Man, falls in between. I I I just. It was, it was the greatest education of my life, and so like, uh, Vinny's Vinny's winning the Heisman Trophy. This was back in the late '80s, and so Alonzo and Jerome and um, a couple of the guys came up to my my grandfather's house, and I'm, you got to understand, my grandfather, old school tying guy, right? These guys <laughs> knock on the door at ten o'clock at night. Ain't no brothers in my neck of the woods down in the cove, okay? <laughs> These gigantic Alonzo Highsmith and all these guys. I mean, Alonzo was the third pick in the draft that year. Jerome was the ninth pick. Right. <laughs> okay. Urban was going to be like a top pick uh, a couple of years removed. So he, they're knocking on the door. They go, hey, man, we're hungry. We're coming over. You know, come. my grandfather's like this. Grandmother's making meatballs for these guys. They stay till two o'clock. They drink every single goddamn thing we had in the house. We drink everything. <laughs> So when my, when they left, my grandfather looked at me and went, man, those guys were great guys. I go, what, did you think they weren't going to be good guys because they're black guys? And he goes, yeah, I go, what have I been telling you, Dad? I go, these guys are wonderful human beings. These guys were my brothers now. They're great. He's like, I see what you were talking about. And that whole experience of living together, fighting together, training together, winning together, it really does do one thing that society is so inept and not able to do nowadays is to look beyond color because that whole scene for me was probably outside of my daughter being born, the best time of my life being in a locker room. You know, Barrett, people always ask me, what do you miss? I, I, I miss being able to say and what's on my mind because my wife goes like this to me. I don't know if your wife does this, but she goes, man, it must really suck when you show up to work every day and you got to kind of lie who you are sometimes. And I go like this. Why do you say that? She goes, well, you know you can't tell everybody how you're really feeling and how you're feeling because you know that people would take what you said out of context, and they have in the media because the media, you and me, Barrett, okay, we have a different place where we're from right, than right. where the media is. And the media is more, they're going to take what you say as verbatim, whereas sometimes Jerome would go like this to me, Cilio, you can't be white, bro. White guys don't run that fast. <laughs> well, white guys don't what right? White guys don't run four eights. <laughs> bro, bro, it just it, it means seriously, man. Like, you know, it's it's, it's all these different what sports sports cut sports cross creed, race, culture, financial, religion. I mean, you know, religion, it crosses all those barriers and makes everybody equal. Within that, you know, sports, it brings everybody together. And that's the best thing about sports. But, you know, it, it, it's also a thing where in sports, if you don't use it in that capacity, man, I mean, it, it can be one of the worst things in the world also. You know what I'm saying? It create those imbalances that we see, you know, between people, you know. So you just have to make sure, you know, you use it in the right way. I love, man, I love being in a locker room. I tell people, you know, there's three things that I miss about the NFL. 
Number one. No, it's four things. It's four things. Number Train one. table. Yo, no, no. Number one, playing on Sunday. Yeah. My all-time favorite. Number two, getting paid on Monday. <laughs> number three, being off on Tuesday. Yes. But number four, being around the guys and being able to have those type of relationships, man. There's guys that I hated in the locker room. But if I was to see him on the street, I know it'd be like we 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 never missed a beat, man. Like we're just cool as ever, you know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. That's what it was about, man. I loved it. All those great stories that we had here, and that kind of leaves me in the locker room here. I'm hoping that you saw the Juwan Howard um, video. Yes. And I, I, I've listen. I'm going to tell you a Ray Perkins. I got to you know, tell hold on, you. Hold on. We got we we got to go to break first, man. We got to go to break first. We Let's do a, a break, break here. here. And I want to. I got I got a couple coaching stories. I, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do too, man. I do too. <laughs> I got I got you know, You're gonna you're, you're gonna love this. This was in game. This was really wild. Okay. Hey, Big Seal's in for Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks. We'll be back in three minutes. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Second round, second round. 
Second round. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Second round. Wow. Let me let me let me put it to you this way. The second and third round, just so people don't misunderstand this here. The most productive rounds in NFL history are rounds two and three in NFL history when you get guys that have been productive because you know why? You're not overreaching. You're not overpaying. And the majority of the time when you go, because I went in the third round, um, first rounders, I mean, you got like probably a 30% success rate with the majority of the teams across the landscape. Real quick before we get to Dewan, Dewan Howard here. When you got your call, where were you, and what did you say to the guy when you got your phone call? Bro, in all actuality, I was supposed to get drafted in the first round. I was like the number three or four ranked offensive lineman in the country. So I'm thinking I was going to go in the first round. Were you disappointed? Oh, yeah, I was disappointed because I got called by three teams, the last team being Kansas City. And Kansas City called me and said, hey, we're about to pick you up. And then I look at the screen, and then they don't pick me up. I'm like, what's going on? They get Trezell Jenkins. Long story long, they had worked out a yeah, exactly. They worked out a deal with him. He was a Michigan guy, first rounder, never played for him, was only in the league two and a half years. But I get picked up, so I'm pissed off. I said, you know what? Because I first of all, I was supposed to go down to to New York. I was supposed to go to New York. And um, I was, you know, I just I said, you know, I'm glad I didn't because I don't say, no, I don't want to go to New York. I want to, you know, have home. So my agent at the time, uh Jim Steiner, um, oh, yeah. went to this hotel. We got a uh we, you know, we got Sweet hotel upstairs, downstairs. We had everybody, you know, my family and stuff like that downstairs in a room. We rented, catered food and everything. So once the first round goes by, I go back upstairs. I'm like, man, I didn't go in the first round. So I'm pissed off. I sit, I get in there. I'm so mad that I end up falling asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep. So the phone rang. And when the phone rang, I didn't have a cell phone at the time. The phone rang in the ho- hotel because there were no, I mean, yeah. To have a cell phone was like, was, your bill would be like $3,000 a month. You only talk for 15 minutes. That'd be like $3,000. You know what I'm saying? And it, so and, I didn't have one. And the phone was like this big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the phone rings in the hotel. I pick up the phone. And when I pick up the phone, I'm thinking somebody downstairs. I'm like, hello. And it's Ray Rose. Like, Ray's like, get, get, get your ass up. What, 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 what the hell are you doing sleep? I said, oh, man, I need to get picked up in the first row. Well, I'll pick you up now. Get your ass ready. You got to come out here and play. You got to get your ass ready. I said, yes, sir. I'll be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I, I know. I know, damn it. I know. So from that point on, man, I knew it was on. He cussed me out. I said, like, get your ass up. Get ready to rock. Let's go. We just picked you up in the second round. I'll see you tomorrow. It flew me out that next day. That's fair. I talked to Ray on Friday. Oh, this- <laughs> hey, listen, 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 Barrett. I didn't realize that he had a stroke. So I was going to get him on. And I think he lives in the... the uh, the Dallas area now. Oh, he's in Dallas now? Okay. He's in Dallas, yeah. And um, I so I, I, I go, Coach, you know, I know a boatload of people who are friends. He goes, I know who you are. And I'm so I'm going, okay. <laughs> Still fighting. I know who you are, man. All right. Exactly. And so, him, yep. like, <laughs> and so he, we were talking, and he's like, yeah, man, give me a chance to have a couple days. So I'm going to try to get his ass on next week. Uh, I got nothing. I think he was the NFL coach of the year two times. Whoa. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was in Philadelphia. He, my story on getting drafted is as wild as you could ever imagine because I had to go in a supplemental draft, okay? <laughs> Check this out. So, Barrett, I, I'm, I'm preseason everything, man. I mean, Outland Trophy, Lombardi, everything. I made every All-American team, Playboy, everything. So, the NCAA, because I decided – because when I transferred, I wanted to graduate. 
So right. I went to summer schools. Back then, if you took summer schools, some of that stuff counted against your eligibility if you transferred. Uh-huh. And so they they came in and declared me. I was getting ready to play Florida on Saturday. Barrett, you're going to die. So I'm like, Jimmy Johnson walks in. He goes, listen, a lot of teams want you. And I go, man, this is ridiculous. You're telling me I can't play Saturday? He goes, no, but don't worry about it. So on their Saturday, come Sunday, I get a phone call from the NFL. Hey, we're putting you in the um, supplemental draft with Chris Carter and Brian Bosworth. And I went, okay, sure. I don't know. So this is Sunday. NFL is playing. And this was getting – I think they were getting ready for the 87 strike too. So this whole thing was just such a mess. It was such a mess. All of a sudden, Monday comes. I get a phone call. Hey, we've taken you with the 56 pick, um, the Buccaneers. I get a call from Ray Perkins. We drafted you 56th. Uh, I go, okay, who went ahead of me? He goes, well, um, Bosworth went number one, and Chris Carter was a sixth rounder. We could see which one of those guys panned out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, dude, I had a Canes helmet on on Friday, and I had an NFL helmet on Monday. Wow, that's crazy. No training camp. Hey, no training camp. No nothing. They just went out there and they went like this. They gave me my helmet. Hey, they give me my helmet. I'm sitting there in a locker room, and I swear, here's the first thing I said. What the fuck am I doing here? I go, these are men. Guys are sitting smoking cigarettes. I'm going like this. There's a 38-year-old, like, offensive lineman over here. There's a – I mean – these dudes, he goes, we're playing the Bears on Sunday. I go, the Chicago Bears? Well, that's the only Bears. We ain't playing the Baylor Bears. And right, so right. I go, okay. And sure enough, man, that week we're, we're practicing. I I, and I get on the field. They go, Silio, get in. I barely knew my plays, man. And so all of a sudden I'm looking. There's Walter Payton. It's his final game at Tampa Stadium. Okay. There's Loudermilk and there's Jimbo Covert and – um. There's all these guys. There's Jim McMahon. There's Dick. I'm going like, Bro, this crazy, is really right? the Bears. Right. That's, that's my first experience. My first 10 days went from wearing a hurricane helmet to wearing an NFL helmet within a matter of three days. Crazy, crazy stuff. That is crazy. Man. I just wasn't mature enough to handle because I'll tell you, I give guys like you credit. And I'll tell you one thing I tell younger guys. I go, my failures of not being able to make it in the NFL had nothing to do with ability, had everything to do with the most important muscle, and that's the one above your shoulders. Yes, yes. Was there a guy that you gravitated to that you – because every I, I learned one thing when I went to the Cowboys and I was around Ed Jones. That was getting into routine. Yep. Was there a guy that you just were like Velcro to – that you just said, I'm going to watch what this guy does because that guy right there knows how to be a pro. Because if you could figure that out as a young player, you have to battle is going to be one. I had two guys that I gravitated towards. And it just both of them was my left guard and my center. My left guard was was Guy McIntyre. Oh, gee, what a great player. Great player. Guy Mack, and he was he was he was older, so he had already he already knew what it took to be a great offensive lineman. He was playing in all those games, the Dwight Clark catch and all that. He was starting out there, you know. Oh, yeah. Talking about somebody that's explosive. He's explosive in a phone booth. He can explode. He was that explosive that, you know, he would hit guys and just, like, like spring on them. You know, it was crazy 
how he could just hit guys and just, you know, just just blow them up. Him and it was Riley McKenzie, one of the original Hogs. Rollo, really great, great player. And you know, just I gravitate towards him because he was he was one of those guys that's laser focused, always making sure he did things the right way. Um, you know, he took karate. You know, say he was a black belt, took care of his body. Both guys took care of their body. That's the biggest thing they taught me. You got to take care of your body. You got to make sure that you do the little things. You got you can't go out partying all night. Think you're gonna come in the next day and have a great practice. If you do go out and party, make sure you get here earlier. Go in the um, go in the sauna, sweat all that stuff out. You get there to get you a good lift in, so you get your body ready to go. You know, full speed during practice or during game type situation. They taught me all that because with a lot of guys that didn't, and those are the guys that didn't make. A lot of guys would go out, come in, would come in just in the nick of time then go out and have a terrible practice and then have a terrible game. They got me out of doing that and put me in a position to be, uh, you know, a, a player and play 12 years because they taught me the little things as far as taking care of myself. Right? Were you guys a winning, were you guys a winning team too? Cause I think that my also first played... two years. Yes. My first okay. two years, we, the first year uh, we make it the playoffs. Our first team we play in the playoffs is, is Detroit. And that's when Lomas Brown said, it's not, if we're going to beat them, it's how much we're going to beat them by. Yeah. Ray Rhodes, your guy, I mean, he yeah. took that and he ran with it, man. It was one of the most um, expressive speeches I've ever heard in my life. Everything from 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 shears to 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 sodomization. I mean, I'll, everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> sodomized. What? What you say? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I mean, you know, it, it was crazy. You know, you go go. The guy will come and break your house. You know, he he gonna you know do something to you. Your, your wife, you know, and I'm gonna tell you, she might like it too, because he, he he hung about this long too, you know, he about this long. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? So at the, you know, the end of the speech, we all like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it had an apple in it, right? It had an apple in it at the end, like a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's go. I looked at Randall Cunningham, you know, you know, Devon Chris, he's like, oh my god, dude, oh my Mel god, Gray man. for me, <laughs> hey. I'm in the Detroit locker room. Check it out. I'm in the Detroit locker room. Chris uh, Chris Spielman and um, uh, Mark Spindler go, don't do anything. I turn around and look at Mel Gray in the shop. I go like this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get into the Jawan Howard here. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I mean, I'll tell you. <laughs> I had a little bitty coach when I was at Kansas State. His name was Coach Cole. Coach Cole probably, he, at the time, he was probably like 80 years old back then. And he was the D-line coach. You know, he was like those intense guy. You know, he's so little. He was probably, at the most, five foot five, five foot yeah. six. Probably 160 pounds soaking wet. He'd go up here and grab guys, put your face in his neck, rip, and get vertical. Get, <laughs> get to the ball. Get to the ball. Get to the ball. You know, he was one of those, you know, animated guys. Yeah. Man, we this guy, man, this dude sitting in his locker. And as he walked by, he looked over, Ramon? And the dude sitting in the locker. And and it was almost touching the ground. He turned around and said, yo, <laughs> Ramon, didn't you, he said, didn't your mom and dad give you toys when you were younger? You didn't stretch that thing all out, man. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Craziness, man. Oh, Craziness. nothing like good dick stories here in the morning. <laughs> You started it, man. You started I know, it, man. man. <laughs> Let me keep it in the locker room here, but go over here. So you saw the Jawan Howard yes. video. What was your first take? My, mine was the worst take, saying that he should be fired. 
If I had to take that tweet down, I probably would, but I'd leave it up there. But because I, I started thinking about some of the shit that happened in the locker room. And when you're in combat sports, not that basketball is, but when you're in a competitive scenario, things get said and things get done. It gets very sensitive. As you know, Barrett, when you're in a conflict like that, man, you could breathe on someone and they're going to knock you out. Okay. Exactly. I mean, so exactly. yep. give me your sense of what you and what your reaction was, you know, 24 hours after that whole thing. Dwan Howard punched an assistant coach on the shake after the game. I guess Wisconsin was blowing out Michigan, who's not having a good year this year. But Dewan Howard's the head basketball coach of the Michigan Wolverines. He throws a punch and he lands it on one of the assistant coaches at Wisconsin. What was your take from it? Um, my take was he's a player that got caught up in, 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 in thinking he's a player again, man. You got to control your emotions. You know, it's controlled, organized chaos. Should he be fired? <sighs> To today's standards, yes. See, I said that. That's yeah. get this, Barrett. I, that's exactly what I put it in. Mine and your time, probably a lengthy suspension. But today, right. putting your hands on people, we're very sensitive about our space and how people now cross space. What they're telling you and telling you not to do. Vaccinations here, masks here. Guy reaches across and slaps you and bitch slaps you right there on the side because that's what he did. Yep. I don't know, man. In today's landscape, if you're going to be fair on one thing, how, how do you sit there? I mean, pros, I may get it, but in, in the college ranks, how could you have a head coach at the University of Michigan slapping another coach right there after a game because you didn't like the way they were running you off the floor? Yeah, it's, almost, it's, almost like, uh, it's almost like what happened to Ohio State. You know, with their coach when he ran out to the field and and, and took a swing at a guy. Then you look at um, Woody Hayes when Woody, Woody punched Hayes. that. Woody Woody punched a player from Clemson at the Gator Bowl yep. back in the day, and Woody got fired two days later. He got fired. Um, he won five national titles too, and they fired him. Right, ass. right. You got uh, Urban Meyer. Yeah, kicked the kicker, and once that came to light, he got fired the next day. You notice he kicked the kicker. He ain't kicking right. nobody. <laughs> he got his it ass kicked. The lineman, officer lineman, yeah, or yeah, even yeah. a linebacker. You know, hey, I mean? he the got his. That you know, some of the people. <laughs> hey, I told somebody this story. Crawford Kerr was my boy at the Cowboys, and this rookie guy was doing this. Barrett Kip on his desk. We're in the team meeting. Guy, I looked over him. I said, "Hey, man, you you might want to stop that." And he goes, "Why?" I go, "Because some of these fuckers will go dark on you." Okay, not everybody's <laughs> the same dude, man. Okay, sure enough, man. He get bucket with his pencil, man. Crawford got up and knocked him out. I, I, I told you, man. I mean, some of these dudes, man, you could play with. Some of these guys, you you know what I'm talking, man. Those 47 right, chairs, right, right. not everybody's built the same way. Bro, I, I tell you what, man. I, I mean, just little things might set them off. Like, it was a time where we were, we, I had Ricky and Charlie, you know, two, two great running backs. And, you know, the thing that differentiates the two, you got a guy that's an all-purpose guy and Ricky. Like, Ricky can go out there. He can catch pass out the backfield. He can run it up the middle because he's a big running back. He can hit the hole. And we might give him the ball. He might get nine yards here, four yards here, seven yards here, eight yards. He'll just take the ball on the field. We give to Charlie one time. He'll take it for 30. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, Ricky be like, oh, you didn't, you're not blocking for me. You're not blocking for me like you're blocking for Ricky. No, it's just he's – I mean, uh, yeah. Charlie. He's just explosive. So, long story long, we're in practice. And throughout, throughout the practice – Ricky got all the run plays, and he only gave Charlie the pass plays. So he's pissed. He's pissed. 
we go to practice, we get up, you know, the next day, go to work, and we're sitting in a meeting. We have an um, office of meeting, an entire office of meeting. Everybody, you know, receivers, running backs, you know, tight, everybody, office of linemen. We're in a meeting. We're at a team meeting. So <laughs> we're sitting there, and, 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 and Gruden's, you know, telling everybody this, and all of a sudden, let's watch this film. So we're going to watch practice now. So we go to watch practice. And Charlie Garner's coach was Dick. I forgot Dick's last name, but it's Dick. So Charlie, the light was right here. All Charlie had to do was go like this to turn the light off. So Dick turns on, hey, uh, Charlie, could you turn the light off? Charlie, can you turn the light off? He did, man, man, Charlie, t- t- stop begging me, Dick. Dick, you begging me. Stop begging me. So Gruden says, Charlie, could you turn the light Man, I keep telling y'all I'm not turning this damn light off. You come turn the light off. You don't pay me for that. You don't pay me to run the ball. I ain't going to turn the light off either. And sat there like this. Went off. I'm like, dang, this is what it is in the NFL? And he did not turn that light off. Dick had to get up from his seat, walk all the way around, turn the light off, and walk all the way back around the room and sit down so they could watch film. He would he not turn that light point. off. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Making a, he, was, he, he was went off. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me, let me, let me, let me, so check this out. So we're down in, we're, we're, we're down in the team meeting room at the University of Miami. Michael Irvin's in there. And earlier, this is in, I, I think it's in Rosenhaus's book, but I was sitting in the front row here. So earlier, before we got up to our team meeting, Jimmy was recruiting or doing something, Coach Jimmy Johnson. And this guy, George Myra, was playing like country music in there. Hey, don't hey. And I, 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 I was like, oh, this is going to be a... Michael goes over, puts it on, and he goes over and he puts on like fight the power okay he he or he he's going over there he's got he's got rap music going on and shit like this and Myra goes back over turns it over here and I go like this I said oh this is gonna be great so yeah, ended up stopping bad. we go up and they started that pushing match so we go up to our team meeting and coach Alexander and North Turner are up there hey guys you know we got to get together and shit and we you know you know how a team meeting is it's tiered right yep yep it's tiered right <laughs> So I'm sitting in the front row. George is sitting in the front row. Michael Irvin's a couple rows up. It got no, this the meeting went on for about 20 minutes. As soon as it ended, Mike goes like this. He goes, We got to all get together and everybody, the coaches, we got to be one here. So George turns around, puts his hand up, he goes, Hey man, go, yeah, 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 yeah. Michael goes like this and just cracks him, breaks his five teeth fall out. What? This guy went bam. I said, "Motherfucker, should have ducked." <laughs> <laughs> hey, and man, it was he. And get this: two days later, I mean, he broke his jaw. But two days later, we had all worked it out because they asked me who side, and I go, "Hey, man, I'm not on anybody's <laughs> side here, man. You two homies need to figure this thing out here." And I'm going like this, and so. You know, when I when I hear people and I see things like that, I got another one for you here. We're playing the Saints. And Ray Perkins was my coach. Guy named yeah. Ron Heller, offensive lineman. Yep. Ron yep. played for the Eagles, too. Yep, yep, Ron, yep. Played at Penn State, I think. So he gets in the locker room, man. It was Vinny Testaverde's first start. We're in there. And Ray's like, yeah, man, hey, we're playing really good, guys. Let's fucking keep it up, man. Keep it up. Ron Heller, all he said was this. Hey, don't quit. Ray turns around like this, Barrett. Punches him in the face. Okay? 
breaks his fucking hand. Okay, the ref walks in, his whistle falls out of his mouth. I look over at him, I go, hey, man, where the Bucks? How you doing? <laughs> Dude, so I've seen stuff like this before. You know what I'm saying? I mean, time. so you time. think Howard should be fired or not? I I think he shouldn't be fired, but in, in just today's society, to how they you know conduct themselves today, he, he's going to get fired, man. He's going to get fired, you know, just, just from the, you know, just from the way – Things are here in, in in this world. He he has to be fired, man, because I mean he put his hands on somebody else, and you know it's just the nature of how you think it's because it's college. Yes, that's exactly why it's because it's college. You know, because I mean it, it might happen in the NFL all the time, but the mere fact that there's you know there's a precedence right now with 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 how they're doing things now with COVID and everything else, you just can't put your hands on anybody these days. You just Absolutely. can't do it. Hey, man, I got a um, – you might disagree with me on this topic. I want to set this up here for the next hour, okay? Follow me here. And I'll ask you the question. Do you think Jalen – who do you think had a better season last year? Carson Wentz, who, by the way, reports are that Indy wants to potentially move off of him. Yeah, yeah. Or Jalen Hurts. Who do you think had a better year? Uh. Right now, I'm going to say, man, that's tough, man. Oh, hold on. I got the no- – wait, wait. They could- hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on for a second because I want you to answer this in the second hour here because I got some numbers. And by the way, I'm, this is not a shade throwing on Jalen or actually any shade being thrown on Carson. I, I just – I want everyone to understand how hard it is to win at that position in this league. You know, people were talking about how shitty Aaron Rodgers is in the postseason. He's like, what is it, like uh, 11 and 10? I'm like, this Peyton Manning's 14 and 13. Dan Marino's (laughs) 8 and 10. Russell Wilson is 9 and 8. We know we, we look at Brady, and we do this all the time. Brady's 36 and 15 or some shit like that. I'm like, bro, he's like Wilt Chamberlain. Right. All the stuff that Wilt did. You just put over here because, look, nobody's ever going to go 50 and 25 over 81 games in the NBA ever. No one's scoring 100 points. Nobody's doing – I don't know, maybe after what I saw in that All-Star game, maybe Steph might drop 100 in there one day. He could legally – legitimately, he probably could. I mean, he he wouldn't have to run all the way down the court. he just step past half court. It's fire. See, to me, I think – and I'm going to kind of hit on that. I think Steph is the only guy I've seen – in NBA history that could potentially maybe threaten that hundred points that Wilt threw in there. But dude, man, I mean, there's, 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 it's so hard to win at that position in the NFL. I mean, people look at, look at Garoppolo's postseason record. You know, that guy six and two, he's and, and get this bear. People look at Jimmy Garoppolo and go, man, I don't want that guy as my starting. Right. Quarterback. I'm right. like this. He's 36 <laughs> and 16. <laughs> How, how how don't you like? And by the right. way, everyone's like, well, he plays on a good Niner team. The Niners are eight and twenty-two when he's not starting. Right, <laughs> I right. Mean, you I look mean, at that, you know, and that's... There's, there's a lot of news. Also, the Sean Watson news too. I want to get on that. Do you think there's going to be a big market for Deshaun Watson? Yes. In fact, I'll give you a hell yeah. I this think it'll be a huge hell. market for him. I, I, I threw – hey, get this. I didn't realize that Washington fans were so meatheads. 
I threw that out on my Twitter page. Oh, you don't know shit, Celio. You're <laughs> done. I'm going like, bro, I didn't say that the Texans are taking the deal. I said that he was offered, Washington offered a deal to Nick Casario of the Texans. They did this. They wanted a first, another one, and a, and a third rounder, and they wanted to get Deshaun Watson. That's it's not, not enough. There's not that's way under. There's no shit, man. He's gonna get three. <laughs> there, there, but to think that only one or two teams are gonna go after him is crazy, Barrett. I think there's gonna be about fifteen teams that are gonna make a play for him. There's no question about that. There's no question that. I mean, I, I say at the at you the think the Eagles least, will be one of them? They're right. They're gonna be front and center. The Eagles will be front and center. Washington. Uh, Saints, um, Minnesota, Minnesota, absolutely Minnesota. Uh, you know, um, the Panthers, the Giants, the Giants. Yes, everybody, everybody with except the Dallas in that division. Dolphins, the Dolphins will definitely want them. Carolina, as I said, the Panthers. Yep, yep. Saints. I mean, you you look at him, man. That, that his value, his value as a player. You know, I, he's still. An elite quarterback, even though he didn't play for an entire year. And, and you know what? I'm going to get to all that. That's great for the second hour. We'll do Deshaun Watson. Also, Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts here. Back in three minutes. Keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want, or don't. Go for him, go for her, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker, Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be. but be When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
100 percent honest with you i knew i was going to be all right just by talking with brian in my heart i just knew everything was going to be all right call the firm and find out why they say we got this call Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Big Perry Mays. I love Barry Brooks. <laughs> you bro it's just all the experiences man because you understand we we yep. have some similar experiences man like some of the stuff that happened in my nfl career i tell people all the time i can sit down if i was to write a book i would never be able to finish it i mean there's too much stuff that i've experienced during the entire nfl career man you know i mean i mean you name it i've seen it you name it i've probably done it i mean today you could do half the stuff like you were telling, you know, you you walk in that locker room and you see guys smoking cigarettes. Yeah, guy like Kurt Gavea played with the you know, Washington team. He would smoke cigarettes at halftime. Yeah, halftime. You know, my boy, um, my boy, um, uh, uh, Alexander. Um, um, I mean, uh, Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. I was in camp with with um, with Denver Broncos. Mike Anderson, thousand yard running back. Before practice every day, he had a convertible vet. He was sitting in his convertible vet and smoked black and milds before practice. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Shanahan walked right by. Look at him walking right by, going onto the practice field while he's sitting there smoking on his black and mild. This hey, did, did did you guys have? Because I'm 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 before you a little bit. When we got on the planes and we were traveling, we used to get three beers. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, they just we, used had... get, we used to get three beers. Do they still do that? Well, I don't think I don't think they do it now, but it was like you have like when you get on, you'd have a lunch there. So you grab a box lunch. Box lunch grab- and you're going on the back because you're on the tarmac. You walk yep. up the back and you get on the charters and all of a sudden but, uh, no, before, be you, like- before you get on the charters, you would have your, your box. Yeah. And then you have beers. Like even before meet uh just before the games, uh the night before games, they have Gatorade in one, water in yeah. one. Soda in one and beer in one. Sunday, uh, Saturday nights, you'd be yeah. able to walk in there and they'd have like some beers and stuff set up for you yeah. like that. Because they'd, they'd be on the know, table. Some guys needed. Some guys needed, you know, to have a drink before they went to sleep, or they couldn't go to sleep. Michael yeah. Zordich, Zordich needed to have a. He needed like two beers, take the edge off, so we can go to sleep every night. Yeah, man. Because I remember getting on the airplanes, and I'd be grabbing three beers. I got my box. We'd sit up there. 
we get that giant plane to ourselves wherever the hell we were going. And back in back in that time, guys were smoking cigarettes on the airplane. Yeah. I'm going like, damn, these guys. Hey, I, I they had their cell them. phones on. Remember, you used to think if you had your cell phones on the plane would crash. Everybody yeah, saw yeah. cell phones and everything. I, I'd be telling my grandfather and go, Gramp, these guys smoke cigarettes. They're not athletes, man. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather goes, I think you got a lot to learn here. <laughs> hey, real quick. Let, let, let's get into some of these topics here. But real quick, uh, one thing on the All-Star game, you know, my, my daughter said this to me last night. And my daughter's 20 years old, so she never watched Michael Jordan play. Right. She right. said this. She goes, Dad, how can Michael Jordan be the most popular NBA player today? I never saw him play. And I went, oh, my God, my wow. daughter should be a sports talk host. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I, I was like, Danielle, that's one of the greatest takes I've ever heard because – I, when's the last time he played? I mean, right, early exactly. two, early two thousands when he was with the Wizards, maybe like two thousand two, two thousand four, something like that, that right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. isn't it crazy how Jordan? It's got to be because of the logo and the brand and the Nike stuff and the shoes right, that right. keeps him relevant like that. Because, dude, he's ten times more popular than LeBron. LeBron is iconic in so many ways, and I'm not going to throw shade on him because I think he's been a great ambassador to the NBA. He's never gotten in trouble. You may like some, may not like some of the quirky dumb she does, but he's never gotten in trouble and he's been a great ambassador for the sport and showing you how athletes he's been, he's can been make a great, money off the court too, you know? He's, he's been a great GM of, of, of NBA. He's the Except NBA in GM. LA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that crazy? MJ right. is still the most popular athlete in the NBA. Why is that? Because it's still a discussion, you know, who's the best basketball player to ever play. I, I think it's Jordan because I saw Jordan. And they're like, oh, you know, you can't say that because you know, look what LeBron is doing. LeBron, bro, we're talking about, you know, uh, a player that, you know, transcended all sports. He was the first guy to really get a, an endorsement endorsement who started yeah. an endorsement, you know, really the, the momentum as far as getting endorsements. Do you know that David Falk, his agent, talked him into the Nike deal? He wanted Adidas. Get this. Um, David Falk, his agent, went on to represent guys like uh, Patrick Ewing and all them dudes, right, and uh, Clyde Drexler. And he, he wanted Adidas because Nike back then made a shitty shoe. They yep. He didn't want it. He goes, they're going to make a brand for you, Mike. You're going to have, like, these things called Air Jordans. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> Look at the coaches he had. Dean Smith. You know, then he turns around and gets Phil Jackson. Great agent. Great parents. Went to a great school. Jordan had a lot of landing pads that a lot of athletes were not afforded. I mean, look, look at LeBron. LeBron comes from a tougher background than what MJ did. MJ's from Williamton, Virginia. He's He came from a middle-class place. It wasn't like he, they were poor or anything, but he went through and landed on – and I saw that Rich Paul, his agent, LeBron said that uh, for LeBron, he said that, hey, LeBron's had a little tougher of a road to get to where he is compared to where MJ is. I'm not throwing any shade on anybody's journey. I'm just saying that Jordan has had a lot of things outside of the Wizards fiasco. I think all of it has been and he's not been a great GM at all in Charlotte, but that team's getting better with ball. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, you know, Jordan's had an easier path than what LeBron did. Well, it's usually harder for guys that played the game to be good GMs. Because they more they think more emotionally as opposed to um, being business minded. I think Jordan is probably one of the most successful guys that's been 
um, you know, for us business minded guys. Three hundred fifty million a year he makes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just on the brand. Right, right, right. So, but I'll say this: it's harder for guys to do that and and and, and be good GMs because you know, as you know, that's why that's why I suck at, at, at fantasy football. <laughs> I suck because I, you know, I, I when I look at a basketball team, you know, I mean, when I was playing fantasy. I'm looking at the old school names instead of looking at, you know, guys that can really, really play now, you know, yeah. little guys, you know, that you wouldn't say fill up a stat board and guys that I love, you know, who might have a bad day. I, I remember I was still trying to draft Shaq first overall pick, you know, yeah. it's like he only played for like a year after, you know, I drafted him, you know what I'm saying? Just stuff like that, man. But it's just harder, man. It's just harder these days. If you're not up on, that's why I say I'll never be a great fantasy guy. I'll never be a great better either. Even though I know the little, quirks and i get the little information that you know that i you suck at to gambling get. too My but i wife's just suck great it, yeah. i suck at it right <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm i'm just terrible speaking of gambling no question a year ago and i think last week was the anniversary of carson wentz being dealt to the colts last week someday i think it was either friday or thursday was the anniversary of carson and the eagles and the colts making that bet and making that pick let me ask you this do you for, let's go here first do you think that the Eagles upgraded at that position from a year ago? Let's just take it for this. A year anniversary. Do you think that the Eagles, they upgraded the quarterback position yes. from Carson Wentz? I think they did. Okay. If Carson was in the same position that, uh, you know, that, that Hertz was in last year, they don't make it to the playoffs. He, he's not the guy that can be in and be your franchise quarterback. This is my opinion, but I don't think he's the guy to come in and be a franchise quarterback. Now, are you saying that because you don't think he has the metal to handle the pressure of the position? That's absolutely what I'm saying. Okay. He okay. can't handle criticism. He can't handle – to me, he couldn't handle criticism. He couldn't handle being that guy and being – And if open. you can't handle criticism at that position, you're in the wrong sport. There's no question about that. You know, the two small – and it's shifted. The two most important positions – um, Position groups in the NFL is number one is always going to be quarterback. But number two, I think right now is rush in defensive end. Because if you can generate quarterback, when you're a quarterback, you have to be a great quarterback. And when you're a defensive line, you have to generate pressure on quarterbacks. And those are two positions that you can't do without. Those two positions win championships. Don't you agree? And let, 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 let's look at the landscape kind of like NASCAR here where Let's see if anybody had an advantage over the other. I'd say both O-lines are pretty compatible, right? The Colts had yep. a damn good O-line. Look at what Jonathan Taylor did. He had 1,800 yards rushing. Absolutely. The offensive line that Jalen had um, was Let better. the NFL I, rushing. Yeah, and I don't think that Carson had anybody to throw the ball to. T.Y. Hilton, kind of. He was hurt all year. I can't tell you who a wideout they have on that team. Right, Devontae, right. okay. I think he had a good year for – I think he had actually a great year for a rookie because Jalen is still figuring out how to read um, defenses still. But I want to throw some numbers at you here. You tell me what you think of this. Both teams, by the way, finished 9-8. and eight. The Colts were 9-8, and eight, and so were the Eagles. The Eagles, of course, making the postseason. Here's Carson Wentz's numbers. 3,563 passing yards, 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions, 62-4 completion percentage, 94-6 QB rating. Here's Jalen's, 31-44, 16 touchdowns, 
nine interceptions, 61-3 completion percentage, 87-2 in QB rating. Now, I know you add the 900 yards rushing and the 10 rushing touchdowns, but I would tell you this. I don't care about that stat, and I'll tell you why. The quarterbacks that I saw in the postseason weren't winning ball games running the ball. They were winning games by throwing it from the pocket. And so all that shit, Barrett, with running the ball, I mean, look, if you're Baltimore right now, aren't you doing this? Man, Lamar got banged up these last eight games of the year, man. Are we going to give a long-term contract to him like a Patrick Mahomes deal? Or are we going to go five years because we're just not sure if he's going to be able to take the pounding? You know this. I mean, look, look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow sacked 70 times. 70 that's times. That's insanity. That's, that's, Can you that's, imagine if he had to run the ball like, like Jalen? Jalen had surgery at the end of the year. See, to me, I look at the Eagles and say this. I say the only thing the Eagles upgraded on was the fact that it was cheaper. They, it, it, it's, a, it's cheaper because they're paying a second rounder. They own $3 million over the next three years. They moved the money. They got the money off the books now for this coming season in 2022 because now the Colts have to pick that money up. Right. The Colts are pissed off that this guy melted. And by the way, I'm with everybody. you got to beat the Jags, dude. Two wins and you lay an egg. I get the Raider game. The Raiders were good. But I don't get that, Jack. You've got to go on the road and win that ball game. I get it. However, do you truly think that Jalen's ever going to put up numbers where he's 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions in his career? I don't think so. But I, I, and in the same voice, I'm going to say this. You don't you don't at this point covet a guy like, you know, uh, um, a guy like, you know, Joe Burrows if you can't protect him. You know, them not being able to protect him is a travesty. They should be in jail right now. for How, how about this, Barrett? Barrett, think of this. This move right here. Tell me if you think that costs the Bengals the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase is spectacular, right? 1,700 yards receiving. If they draft Panay Sewell instead of Jamar, they still had 3,000-yard receivers right. on that team. Yep. And 1,000-yard back in yep. Nixon, okay? Instead of giving up seven sacks in that Super Bowl, say they give up four. They they win that game. They win the game easily. They win the game easily. They win that game. So you can't you can't do that, man. I mean, they they should be they should go to jail. The offensive line coach should be in jail right now for for what he allowed, what he put together. That GM should be you know in jail also. You can't have a young guy like that, (laughs) right? Right, you know, that's right. Hey, you talk about cheap. That's right. a cheap place that you know we're talking. But again, I I just don't know if Jalen is ever going because I mean, if you remember in that playoff game too, how many times was Aikman, even Seth, your boy, we're all sitting here going, man, it's single fucking coverage, man. How are you not seeing that out there like that? And look, I get first year starting. I I gotta always remember to pump the brakes on that. I get it. But when I watch Burrow or Herbert or some of these other guys, I go like this because my eye, my eyes don't lie to me. I, I go, that guy can play. And you know when you see it in practice, when you draft a dude, you go like this. They drafted that guy in the first round? He ain't making it. I'm telling you. You know when you see that. Like when we're doing this with Tua. You know, Tua, I don't know. I, I mean, if you're doing that after this, or Baker Mayfield's a better one, 50-plus starts. 
Bro, if you haven't figured that out after 50 starts, you're, you're just, just looking for it, excuses yeah. to keep him. Right, right. But do you see that, like, Kyler Murray. Where would you put Kyler Murray? I think they're going with guys with stronger arms now. As I think he's more accurate. Yeah. I think yeah. Kyler Murray's more accurate. And my problem with Kyler Murray is, okay, well, if you're going to have that guy run, you're, 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 again, you're, you're, we're talking about another guy that is in the Lamar Jackson. See, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with that style of play. I Watch this. Would I pay a ticket to go watch Lamar? You bet your ass. Do I love <laughs> that guy? I can't tell you how many times Xander and I went like this. Man, that kid is some special to watch. However, you know this, man, and I, and I keep telling people, this is the NFL when we're talking injuries. People are going, what are you doing? I'm like, how many times do you think you can keep hitting on that nail before that head of that nail keeps breaking? Yep. After you keep getting hit. Hey, man, three games, five games, 16 games, 18 games, 25 games. Eventually, man, that knee's going to snap because you're taking the hits. I don't think you can win games, in my opinion, outside the pocket. And I think when you look at all the quarterback play that we saw in the postseason, don't you think? I mean, Barrett, some of those guys – Josh Allen's and the Patrick Mahomes, the Burroughs, even Derek Carr. Derek Man, Carr stepped it up. Derek Carr is the truth now. And he's I look at Jalen and I go like this. I, I, I don't know. One, one thing I will say this. I don't think that college football is, is helping those guys either. Because the RPOs. Yeah, they're not they're not taught to read defenses. I mean, you know the offensive coordinator, he can he can read defenses. Because that's what they do. The entire team looks over to see what the uh, offensive coordinator is doing, telling them to run. I said, okay, then, that's what I have. He's not reading it. The, the, the offensive coordinator is, which is not putting them in a position to really open up and get the ball down the field. Of course, you know, if you have a guy like, you know, C.D. Lamb, who, who, who Jalen Hurts was throwing to, he was wide open half the time because nobody could cover him. Nobody played defense in the Big 12, which allowed him to throw the ball and have those, you know, all that passing yardage, you know, you just throw it up to CD Lamb. He's going to go get it. When you get into the NFL, you got defensive coordinators paid millions of dollars to stop it. And I really think that as the season went along, Jalen got better at that. But in the in in the midst of of game type situations, everybody and their mom looked over and saw how deep those quarterbacks were playing, oh. and that you know cover three. I mean, just throw the ball out there. If you just throw the little hitch play to him. You'd have eight yards a pop, and it eight opens the run pop. game too. It, it it start opening the run game. Then you got to take that eight defender that. out of the box. You take that eight defender out of the box, then you can run the ball again. But until you sure up um, the ability to see things open up, like you look at you, you look at um, is that coaching too, Barrett? It, it's absolutely it's absolutely coaching. Um, you know, you didn't have like if you look at with Tampa Bay. You mean of course, of course, they ain't got to worry about that because you know. Their quarterback is going to make sure that happened. You know, Tom Terrific is going to read the defense. That's why he was forcing the ball at first to receivers that he really didn't know, and he knew they were supposed to be. They just weren't there yet. So he said, all right, then, so let me evaluate what's going on on the outside. He throws the spots. Yes, and, and those guys weren't there because they right. hadn't worked with him before. Right. But as the game went on, he saw the inefficiencies they had, um, you know, on, on the inside where, you know, where he started throwing – those, you know, those comeback routes and those those stop routes and those drag routes and hitting those receiver in stride and had big plays. So he stopped them. He stopped the defense from doing what they wanted to do 
and made him do what they want, but um, what he wanted to do. Can Jalen Hurts get to that point? At this point, I'm going to say not likely, but you never know, man. This kid is, is went up against adversity, been in situations where he wasn't supposed to have some success and has success at it. I'm saying this. They need to give this kid an opportunity to play, and I understand people are going to say, well, you know, you, you can't waste time on it. You know, go ahead and pull the trigger now. You know, you got to rip the Band-Aid off. But which way are they going to go? No, we that that's that's what I was kind of trying to hit at here with the Colts. Okay, so you're going to move off a guy at 27 touchdowns and seven picks. Who exactly are you going to bring right. in? Tyrod Taylor? Right. I mean, I mean, no, no disrespect to Tyrod. He had a Pro Bowl when he was up in Buffalo. But but Barrett, I mean, who Teddy Bridgewater? These are all fine quarterbacks. But we're kind of talking about lateral movement here. Yes, exactly. When you're making those kind of conversations here. And you're talking about a guy, albeit I understand that Carson was in the Frank Reich system when he was in Philly, but still, dude, you got new personnel, like you said. Hell, Brady was figuring out, like you said, when are these guys going to get to their spots? Like, because Brady does throw to spots. He does. He throws to areas, you know? He's not leading guys. You got to be on this particular spot. That's why when certain guys like Chad Johnson or guys like Reggie Wayne ran rounded routes when they went to New England, Brady doesn't do that. You have to run precise 15-yard right. <laughs> ends, not 13-and-a-half, not 16-and-a-half. Brady, you have to run. That's why Edelman and Amendola and Welker and all those guys were trusted because they ran precise routes. Brady needed the precise routes because Brady didn't have the strongest arm. Same thing with Peyton Manning, too. Why do you think yep. Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, they would practice three hours before a game because they were practicing getting to spots. Yep, all the time. You, but you look at the look at the free agent quarterbacks that are that that are being free agency this year. I heard you. I, you know what? I actually tuned on, and I heard you guys talking. They're all a garbage. It's it's, it's, it's the worst. Shit. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan oh. Fitzpatrick, Man. Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, <laughs> uh, Jacoby Brissett. Teddy You're getting worse as you go down. <laughs> Marcus Mariota, remember him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Joe Flacco, Mitchell Trubisky. Come on, man. I mean, it's, it doesn't it, it gets worse with any that. of those guys. No, it gets worse after that, you know. See, uh, Jalen, like you said, I'm not moving off of Jalen for some dude that I like, like I, I see people over here in the chat room talking about drafting a college. Dude, that's two steps back. Yes. And plus those quarterbacks in this draft. No way. Aren't are, are they're, they're by no means – this might be the worst crop of quarterbacks we've seen in the past 10 years. Yeah, I, I can't I, – I I can't think maybe back with the Brandon Whedon uh, crew and that Right, group. right, right, right. Okay, I mean, maybe <laughs> that group, that was all horrible. Um, and remember, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tannehill was even in that. Yep, and yep. That, and he got he got moved on from Miami because they didn't know how to handle him. Well, he was you know, a receiver. I, I, I mean, he was a receiver uh, at AM. Career at AM, yeah. Yeah, so, his brother, too. Yep, yep. They so were all just looking at it, man, it's, 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 it's not a lot to pick from. So why are we in such in a rush? Unless we can get those premier guys like a Wilson, uh, get a guy like, you know, uh, you know, I know Rodgers isn't going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere. But but, but here, Barrett, look, look, look. When you, when, you, when you mention those guys, and I and I try to tell people this, you got to make me want to buy your house or your car that you're selling here. Yes. The Eagles have an offensive huddle right now 
that make me do this. If I, say I'm Russell Wilson, I'm Deshaun. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more here in a minute. But the, if, if you're any of those players like that, Garoppolo even, let's throw him in there. Um, do the Eagles make me do this? I'll tell you what, because Russell's got a no trade. The rest of them, and I think even Watson does too in there. So I, I'd, I'd be like this. Do the, do the Philadelphia Eagles make me go, wow, I, I, I really want to play in that huddle. The only thing that they have that might open my eyes as a player would be that they have a fantastic offensive line. Absolutely. Okay. That'd be the only thing. But, but-, but the wide receivers, I mean – Devontae on a really good offense would be a two. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be a one right now because he's still learning his way. Like CD, when CD showed up to the Cowboys, Amari was number one. But that transition is taking place now, and, and CD's taken over as the number one guy. There's a transition, as you know. It has Mary, You can have place, one yeah. guy. You could tag a guy and say he's this, he's that. But you know what? Your play ends up speaking where you are really in the pecking order when it comes to quarterbacks throwing the ball to you. And so I think Devontae's got a lot ahead of him. And if Devontae was in a Joe Burrow system, he might have 1,500 yards receiving, okay? So, I mean, you have to add to me, I would do this if I'm Howie. During free agency here, if I want to attract one of these players, and I'm just throwing names out, man, you need to get people like Julio Jones, you need to get somebody in there like Beckham or like somebody where a quarterback goes, man, that old line is a lot, and they have a future, and they have 11 draft choices. Does Howie, though, get – does that whole thing get in the way? Does a training wheels head coach and Nick Sirianni kind of get in the way? You know, these aren't guys that you have great respect for yet. When it comes to putting great game plans together, I mean, would Sirianni, Wilson want to come here? Would Wilson want to play under Sirianni? Would he? Would, 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 would do you think it's enticing enough to want to come and play in Philadelphia? Look, you can throw a bag of money at him too. Yep, yep. But see that, and that's what that would handcuff this team once again and be in salary cap hell. They just can't afford to do that, you know. And and that, I think that's basically one of the most attractive things about staying in the position they are right now. I mean. Go in and 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 put yourself in a position where you get you a big time uh, defense. You know, work your defense in there because no team wants to go in. Yes, you have a great offensive line, but if you can't stop anybody, why would a quarterback want to come here? Because he's not going to spend a lot of time on the field because our defense will be on the field a lot. You have to make sure you have a balanced team, and the Eagles don't have a balanced team right now without the defense being where it is. Can Gannon call a great game if he has pass rushers or maybe even a linebacker? That That's weak ass zone, doing. that weak ass zone defense he plays, man. I mean, oh. he's so far off the ball, dude. I mean, you can't. I don't understand. You got to play press coverage on some of them dudes, man. You can't let these guys roll into the link, Barrett, and have seventy-two percent completion percentage on you because you're scared. One, this coming year because they made the playoffs, the schedule's going to be harder. Yep, you're going to be yep. playing against better football teams and better quarterbacks, and that means better coaching. You're you're not going to be able to play seven yards, eight yards off the ball. You're just not. Well, and, but if you have the ability to do that, if you have the players to do that, why not do it? Which questions, what questions me to think that Gannon has the, you know, the stones to do it, even with the play. I mean, his cornerbacks. You know, say what you want to say about Nelson, but Nelson is an NFL uh, corner. 
You know, Avante Max played up the expectation. He's an NFL corner. We all know what Slay is. If you don't allow them because you don't trust them to play up tight, even in zone tight, get tired me four yards instead of being seven, eight yards off the ball, then I don't think you have the stones to, to call a defense in which you can be aggressive. Even if you have the horses to run, I don't think you'll run that race. I don't you, know, know. You, know, you know, Barrett, I think that's what Dan Quinn did in Dallas to Diggs. Yeah. Diggs, in my opinion, if you're going to put him in a structured system or the kid like like the kid um, that's in Green Bay that was with the Russell Eagles. Douglas. Let me say this to you, man. I think Swartz kind of kept him in a box. Yes. And I think Nick uh, Dick Nolan kind of kept Diggs in a box his first couple of years there in Dallas as well. But what they did was you're going to get beat. But these guys are capable of making big plays for you, too. It is, and they kind of let him roam a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, what it is is since they didn't have the speed to run with these fast wide receivers, what do you do? You allow them to watch film, allow them to get, all right, this is what they like to do on this and this. So they can be more risk takers because they watch the film. They research what this team likes to do so they could take a risk here and there to try to compensate for the lack of speed that they have, which made them great corners because now they can play off, play in a position where, all right, I know I have deep thirds, but let me play a little tighter here and I'll get there because I know I need to be there. But if I see something, I can take a chance on it knowing I can get back. you got to have the autonomy to be able to ask your DBs to do that. Or if you're Slay, oh, I've seen this formation before. I think they're going to run this. Sometimes you got to do it. Troy Pollard, I played with Troy. Troy never played where he was supposed to be. Troy would have deep thirds in the middle of the field, and he'd be on the line of scrimmage lined up, head up over a, a, a tight end, knowing that this tight end, like to go to this tight end on the route. Even though I don't have him, I'm going to go up, I'm gonna jam him at the line, then I'm gonna haul ass back and be in deep thirds before uh before you know somebody gets behind him. That's having a knowledge of the game, uh, watching film, understanding that you have to be where you have to be, but also see a tendency here. And I'm gonna take a chance on this tendency. A lot of guys have the ability to do that, but they don't have the ability to do it in a game type situation because the coach doesn't trust them. That's right. That's exactly correct. I mean. Coaches, the great defensive coordinators, allow space and allow a little give and take with their guys. Those guys that are set in that regime and that yep. regiment, those are the guys, in my opinion, that end up getting beat. All right, I want to hit on Deshaun Watson's market value. Would that be somebody that Howie would push all those three, three uh, first-rounders in for? Want to hit on that, a little bit on the commissioner. We'll do that. Keep it here on the middle, back in three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Big Sill sitting in for Harry Mays here with Bear Brooks. I want to throw something at you here when it comes to the commissioner of the National Football League. He makes $65 million. And let me say this to you. He is the highest paid non-owner in professional football. There's not a player or coach. And by the way, $65 million per. He's now renegotiating his contract, Barrett, which will most likely either pay him between 85 and $100 million per year as the commissioner. My question to everyone would be, so I was fed some bullshit that the salary cap went down because of COVID, and all of a sudden the cap went down. Players took pay cuts. Teams had to jettison certain guys because the cap went down 25%. It went down $25 million. So if the owners are making $400 million on TV contracts now, commissioners are getting pay raises. Where's the union? Where's D. Smith in this thing here? I mean, I think Brady even brought this up. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of people took shits on Gene Upshaw. But I'll tell you something. The players at least had 51-51 when it came to payouts, when it came to, you know, television deals, came to – merchandising and everything. I'm just saying here, this is another thing where the PR of the league, you know, the, the black wrong, lives man. matter and yeah. all this other shit here. Get You know, where you see no racism. Then you got hiring practices the way you do. They tell the public what they want to hear and they do what they want to do. This is a prime example of it. You know, you look at this, man. It's, it's, that's what's most frustrating because here you are having a guy making over $60 million a year, but yet the players don't have lifetime benefits, healthcare benefits, but yet you and your family have lifetime healthcare benefits because you were, um, you know, 
Come on, man. I mean, because you were a pencil pusher in Park Avenue. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, you're the, you know, you're you're the whipping boy for the owners. That's right. right? I, is, I don't want to say he that. He falls you know, yeah. on the sword. He's the lapdog for the owners. He exactly. is. He's a puppet, and he falls on the swords for the owners. But that's a great point. Do you know if you're a major league baseball? Get this on pensions, especially also with NBA. Get this. If you're a major league baseball player, the first day, and if you play one day, one game, you have lifetime benefits. One game. Do you know what it is in the NFL? And I don't think people know this. You have to play three years, and then in your fourth year, you have to play three games into your fourth year to get benefits. No, vested. No. And your family. No, to get vested. Vested, you that's don't, right. You don't get, get vested, right? Yeah, you don't get benefits. You don't get you don't get healthcare benefits. They pay health. They, they pay your healthcare benefits for five years after you play. After that, you have to pay for your own healthcare. We're the only league, and we're the only. League. I thought if you were vested, you got lifetime benefits. Hell no, I, I wouldn't be working right now. I won't, I'm not going to lie to you, but I, big sales. I wouldn't be working with you now if I had lifetime um, healthcare benefits. We don't get healthcare lifetime healthcare. Wow, benefits. I, I never knew. I didn't no, know that. I no, I was always under the assumption that when you retired, and especially you know this, folks, because Barrett's a ten year plus guy, that meant he got like hundred thirty five grand or something in a, when in you a, retired. Yep. And I was under the assumption then that you got a percentage of your final contract. Nope. No. 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 We don't get a percentage. You get vested, and they pay into an account um like for instance for me i played 11 and a half years so in an account at the end of the time when i when i, when I can collect at 55 i'll be able to collect a little over seven eight thousand dollars a month after i turn 55 that's all yes that's all that's all Wow. And I, I, I still I have to pay for. I thought you would have got at least twenty grand. No, then I then then I didn't. I'd have to pay if I wasn't working and getting benefits. I would be paying out of my pocket benefits. I mean, even for myself, I'm not even talking for my family. So even for myself, you know, so I have to pay benefits. Five healthcare years. Two, I, watch this. Healthcare is two grand just for you. Uh, is, a year. No, no. When I when I was when I would when I didn't have a full time job, I was paying my insurance and at the time i had three kids still that i was taking care of and having to pay um for insurance it was three kids so it was me and my wife and my three kids three and grand my, a year yeah no uh, 5200 52 wow 5200 a month a month sales a month so i had to pay that every month because we're a higher risk we're like smokers yeah i get it or or people that already had cancer we are we're a health risk so our rates are higher than everybody else so the money that you make on your pension barely covers your benefits out of da out of da so you know that everybody's talking about you know player players in the nfl get screwed when it comes to benefits outside of i mean that's a lot of money for most people you know I agreed it's 96 it's a lot of money dollars you know, it's $96,000 a year, what we're yes. talking here. But okay, still, so- you know, even, you know, looking at that, you're talking about guys that put their bodies through a lot, oh, you know. Agreed. So we're going to have a lot, you know, a lot of stuff wrong with us. We're going to be screwed up. Oh, absolutely. But we we decided we wanted to play it. So I won't take anything away from that. I wanted to play. 
I accept all responsibility. No, no, no. We signed. You know, I tell people that too, Barrett. Listen, if somebody asked me, would you do it again? Absolutely. I signed up. The only issue that I had was was that they weren't Fort Rice with the helmet. They didn't. They like like watch this. I'll tell you. I don't know if you had this, but when like when I got Percocets and Percodance, I don't know some trainer guy or even an equipment guy with these little 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 envelopes. These little little envelopes. (laughs) They be in my locker up there, and there's Percocets, Percodance. Um, uh, what is it? Tylenol six hundreds. And they're sitting all Vicodins, right? Volumes. Yeah. Like when you sleep on the plane and shit. You so I tell him, I say, hey, give me some little envelopes. I'm like, yo, man, I need some M&Ms, man. Give me some M&Ms. That's what I called him. <laughs> hey, bro, I need some M&Ms, man. My shoulders crush me. And here, it would not here. force right to do it. Watch no this, prescription. Here's, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here, here's, here's the combination to the locker, to, to the locker in the training room back right. in my, watch this. <laughs> Let's see. Left guard was Taylor, 62. Uh, Bubba Grimes, 60. <laughs> 57. <laughs> Well, okay, was this Party guy in 72 <laughs> was this guy, and that was a combination to get into where all the goodies were. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not – you know, you're sitting there after the game in the plane. And I and, got a beer out of the locker room. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm, and I got a beer, and I got some Vikings. I say, hey, man, I, you, I need something for Monday and Tuesday, bro. Yeah. And they – here you go. They just gave it to us, man. It was Those like – little packets, man. They're yes. all – Dude, we by, did by it at the, the same the time, bro. We did it at the same time. Hey, the, by packets. the end of the year, tell me. You know, I tell people, they go, what was it like? I go, I thought it was a junkie. I right. go, at the end of the year, you ever been in a swimming pool, like, too long, and you have that fuzzy, like, like yes. look? At the end of the year, man, you've taken so many of these drugs that it's almost like you wake up, and you're like, you've been swimming in a swimming pool, and it's got this haze. Yep. And yep. dude, it takes you a couple weeks to get after off the, the season to, wean just off to of it. chill yeah. out from that. Yeah, to wean off your body's so used to it. That's why you know you hear a lot of guys, you know, that that to get you know hooked on it, like Brett Favre and you know Mark Tremor. Those guys because they were taking I, Vicodins and Tylenol threes. I completely understood it. You know? Exactly. So I was like, people understand that they, there was no prescription for that. You know, they just gave it to us. Hey, Amen. You know what though, Barry? People think it's about kissing cheerleaders and cashing paychecks. Right. No. <laughs> I only, like I said, only there's there's four days. I call it my days. There's only three days that I miss. You know, of course I love the locker room. There's only three days that I miss. Number one, playing on Sunday. Number two, getting paid on Monday. And number three, my day off. I could do what else. I could do without the the you know the two. I mean, uh, the Wednesday all the way to Saturday because it's hard, man. You know, your body puts your body through so much. Think but when we signed on for we we love it. So you know, what I'm saying we love the competitive nature of it. Four years in high school, four years, and then 12 years. So you got a 20-year, not even counting junior football, you probably have about a 25-year football career. And what are you, almost 50? Yeah, I'll be 50 uh, this year. Over half your life has been played on a football field. And all. And I t- and look, I, t- I used to tell Edge, Ed played like 19 years in the NFL. Yeah, okay, like, and I'm tall, like, yeah, and too tall played like 19 years. He's my right? frat brother, also. He's a Q2, he's my frat brother, also, dude. He 20 year NFL guy, plus you play four. I mean, you're talking 30 years. 
I don't know how you guys wake up in the morning because I played the nose guard position and I had to take three That's dudes a double like team, this. triple team all day long. Hey, triple teams <laughs> all day long. These guys beat. I used to be six one. I'm five ten now. I think. I don't. <laughs> hey, I tell Michael Carter this all the time because Michael Carter is my opinion. He's one of the best nose guards ever to play the guy for the Niners back in the day. Won a silver medal in the Olympics. Won three Super Bowls. He was such a great nose guard and he's like sills i'm five nine now <laughs> i like these guys is beating on me all right let me get into the sean watson here um first you know i i get asked this question barrett what do you, sills what do you make of the 22 accusations against him i go i don't give a shit and they go why and i go well the league don't they right. paid him <laughs> they paid him do you know he was on the active roster for the entire season for the texans i didn't know that Okay, so get this get this now, now. Now follow me here. The court of public opinion, which is social media and how the sports writers have put this story together. No district attorney in Houston has filed charges against them. They're all civil cases, which means they're going after his money. Not, he's not going to jail for any of this. The NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, did not put him on the commissioner's exempt list. He got paid every single week. He was active every week of the year. Okay, this leads me to believe the agent and the league, wherever he's dealt to, is going to say, well, this is going to be like a retro suspension. Yep. That he sat out last year, did not play, Maybe they give him three games. I don't know. But that is going to be the bulk of it, him not playing, because know this, Barrett, the Texans have thrown no shade because they're not going to hurt market value for the guy throwing it out there going, this guy's a piece of shit. Unlike, been, unlike, unlike what Howie did. On it. Unlike what Howie and them did with, with Carson. Right. Totally took his – Oh, you know, we're going to have a quarterback competition. I'm like, why would you tell somebody that he's as good <laughs> as Jalen when you haven't even played Jalen? You've now docked him down to a second and third. I was like, like what Brian Flores and the Dolphins did with Tua, he's our guy. Right out of the gate, you would yep. at least kept the value of the quarterback up. Unlike with – but the Texans have not said anything. Nick Casario, the general manager, has not said anything negative about Watson because they're not trying to hurt market value. So, my, my again, I circle back and do this. I keep hearing people say, well, I don't want a guy like that. Why the league? who is so anal when it comes to protecting the shield. If they didn't suspend him, the district attorney in Houston hasn't filed charges. If his guy was such a sexual rapist, 22 guys, 22 cases, I don't know about you, Barrett, but you and me would be under the jail. Oh, no question about that. So I mean, how, do, how do you see this whole thing? Before we even get into his market value, I mean, it's just really the weirdest way I've ever seen an athlete handle where you're paying him, he's active, you don't play him, and he's not suspended. I, I don't I don't I don't know and I don't understand what it is. Like, you know, okay, he likes digital stimulation. Bruh, bruh, that's on him. Can the guy play? Yes. Is the is the league treating it like that? Yes. That's it in a nutshell. The league aren't they treating- aren't they treating this like they still want him to play in the league? Yes. Yes. They no, he no, it's not treating like they still want him. He's still playing in the league. He yes. will be playing in the league. He was just on the bench 
for 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 17 weeks. That's it. He was on the bench. He just didn't go to he didn't go to practice or anything. Deshaun Watson will be in a uniform next year. It won't be a Titans uniform. I mean, a, a, a Texans uniform, but he will be on somebody's team and play halfway through the season. What's the value in the open market for him, in your opinion? Well, the value is already set for him because, you know, what the team's going to have to pay, at least three first rounds, at the very least three. It and may well, be two And that leads year. us to the Eagles. They have yep. three ones that they can, or if you wanted to even do this, Hey, I'll give you two ones this year. And one I'll next give year. You a, um, and then what you do is you trade out. They say that that other pick you have in the first round, mm-hmm. maybe you trade down to get another pick in the next year where you have two next year as well. Yep, yep. And you get the shine. You get your quarterback because I'll say this to you, and I and, and this was a topic that I threw out on Friday. As much as we like Jalen, the quarterback, and a, a year removed from – him being dealt, Carson Wentz to the Colts, the Eagles still have not addressed their quarterback position. Nope. Because if you're still asking the question, do we have the right guy, then you haven't answered that question. Here's a guy who's 25 years old, 26 years old, who could be your quarterback. And by the way, you put Deshaun Watson on that Eagle team, they'll win 12 games playing in the NFC. Not at all. They'll be the best team. They'll be the best team in a the division. They may, be the best team in the, they may be the best team in the NFC. Oh, no question. With the off the line, him, yeah. come on, man. You know, you're absolutely right. But I don't know if the Texans are 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 so greedy that they won't allow anybody to have more less than uh, three first rounders. Will they do that? That's that's you know the Texans I think it's going to be man. indicative by how many teams. See, I think 15 teams are going to jump out this thing here. To try it because if we learned anything, look what a quarterback could do to your quarterback room. Look what Joe Burrow did to the Bengals, man. I mean, Made them all me, of all the guys, of all the guys, Barrett, that have changed the culture around, it's it, it's totally him. I mean, people we have to have a Super Bowl roster to you know for Jalen. Well, tell you what, man, the Bengals don't have a Super Bowl roster. They have the worst O-line. If I were them, I would draft 10 offensive linemen <laughs> with every pick. If you take anyone else other than an O-lineman in Cincinnati, right. there's something seriously wrong with you. Okay? There's something wrong with you. Okay? Because you need to protect that guy. But it just shows me that a quarterback can make so much, so much impact. And I look at Dak in the division, and I go like this. I'm sorry, but here's my impression of Dak. And this is where the Eagles right now, this is the biggest moment in the Super Bowl era because of all the first-rounders, the cap space, the draft choices. I say this, man. I'm like, dude, man, you have a chance to go get yourself a a difference maker and bring him to Philadelphia where he could run the Tiffany division. The Tiffany division, I don't think people know this, the highest-rated division in television ratings every year is the NFC East. Most teams watch it. Because the Cowboys are in that division. Yep. Get them dudes twice. You got the nation's capital. You got New York. You got Philly all in there. It's a it's it's the Tiffany division on TV ratings. And Dak Prescott, to me, I don't know if I'm the Cowboys. I have buyer's remorse. That guy wasn't worth 75 million bucks last year. He's not worth 42 million dollars. Shit, I could put Jalen on that Cowboy team 
and get bounced in the opening round of a playoff. Yes, you could see, and that's and there, there lies the problem because they and that's why Jerry Jones was as pissed off as he was. He handed them a they have a Super Bowl winning roster. They have a Super Bowl winning roster. They have a running game. They had an old line. They have issues right now, though. They had older, a quarterback. Getting older. Getting yeah, older. yeah. They so called have a franchise quarterback. They got three they had three big time receivers. They had a boss defense. You know their defense. You know, I mean, they, there's no way that those guys shouldn't have been at least to the championship game. NFC at the very game. least, Jerry Jones said, "Hey, man, there's no way we shouldn't be playing still right now." He was hot as fish grease, but you know. They tricked it off. They Jerry Jones did what Jerry Jones does. And it's that's in the way. Yes, definitely got in the way. The only thing about if you go get Deshaun, they're up against the cap again, but they're up against the cap with a with a with a team that can now win, right? But now. Uh, yeah, right. I'm 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 okay being up against the cap if I have somebody that can get me 12 wins. Yes. <laughs> because Joe Burrow shows you this. Hey, watch this. I may lose Jamar Chase, but I got two other guys that are thousand yard receivers in the back. That's a thousand yard rusher, man. I mean, as long as I have the quarterback position addressed, you see, the Eagles are going to go through this. You know, when you start losing other players around Jalen, there's going to be bigger gaps and holes. Yep. And it's going to be tougher to replace because that quarterback cannot cover the deficiencies on the team. You know these big signal callers like Aaron Rodgers and Brady. How many years did Brady cover all the inequities that the Patriots would have because salary cap would get in the way? There'd be something in the O-line, a receiver. they get rid of Moss or Darrell Revis would be jettisoned or Richard Seymour would be jettisoned off that team. Brady was able to cover all the holes that that organization left. When you have a franchise guy like that, you can cover those holes. This is where the Eagles, the Browns, teams that have all these rosters that look awesome right now, dude, those quarterbacks cannot cover the problems that they have on that team. Look at Baker Mayfield is the reason that that Browns team did not make it to the AFC title game because you got two backs that are 1,000-yard rushers in Kareem Hunt and Chubb. You got a defense that's lights out. One of the top O-linemen and your quarterback, you're handing the ball off on third and ten. Okay, when you're trying to win a ball game late in the game, that that to me is a re remedy for not being able to win and move the sticks with your guy and your guys holding you back. I think kind of Jalen and people go, well, Jalen, this is his real first year starting. Yeah, I saw Justin Herbert starting his first year and I went, damn, <laughs> that dude's a baller, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Joe, Joe Burrows came his first game there, even though they tied the Eagles. He was hosing it the entire time, just happened to you know, get hurt, you know, put out because that's sorry off of the line. But still. Dude, there's something Brady about him. Yep. It's, there's it's, something Brady about him. So if you're if you're Howie, have ha, you Howie look, Howie calls everybody. So I'm already assuming that he's had a conversation with Nick because he kicks the tires on everybody. He kicked the tires a couple of years ago on Patrick Peterson with Steve Kime because he was out there looking for a defensive back a couple of years back. So Steve told me that how he's one of those guys that picks the phone up just to get a sense of what the marketplace is for what the quarterbacks, because it may lead to potentially talking to Russell Wilson or what have you. I mean, do you think Howie, what do you think the interest level is for the Eagles win Deshaun Watson? 
Oh, no question. Deshaun Watson is young enough, unlike, you know, like what do you think about Wilson? You know, would you go get Wilson and put him in the same position as right now? Yeah, I would because I think I, – I, look, I, unlike some people, I think that he had a bad year last year because he was injured. He, that's exactly, season. exactly. That's the only – and that's the only year in his like 10 years that he had a losing uh, record. And I, I think he's a Hall of Fame guy. And I think with a great old line, which has been the problem – and know this, Barrett. The, the problem with the Seahawks has been this. They've never been able to replace Marshawn Lynch. Yep. <laughs> if you don't have a running attack with Russell Wilson – you're not going to win the games that you need to win in the postseason. You're going to win 12 games. And by the way, he competed in the toughest division in the NFL, the say NFC that. West. Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah, you're talking about the division too. He was in the division that, you know, the you know, it's just like the old days of the black and blue division. That division is just like that right now. You know, so you have some horses in that division. He comes to 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 if he comes to the NFC East and, and plays with the Eagles. They're by far then, from that point on, the favorite to win the division, which means an automatic bid to the playoffs. So if he comes and he legitimizes the whole offense, defense, and even that coaching staff, because like, man, he wanted to go with that coaching staff, it legitimizes everything about the Eagles organization. Is Sirianni the guy? Yes. And the reason why I say that, because he's a leader of men. I thought he was, you know, a guy that, you know, wouldn't be able to – but when he got veteran players – to follow him, I say, well, he he's done it. He's 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 taken hold and become that that team. He was able to go out and change the identity of the team halfway through the season, made them successful. I don't care who they played to win an NFL game. It's a lot of parity in the NFL right now. Every team is not as bad as what they think it is, but every team is not as good as what they think it is. Also, so yeah, I, I do think they have the right the right um, the right head coach. I'm still. A fairweather fan as it becomes to the defensive line coach. I mean, a defensive you know, coach. I'll, I'll say this to you: um, what I loved about Sirianni was that he listened to his players. Yep. When they were two and five. Yep. Okay, and when they were two and five, you know they said, "Okay." And by the way, Tracy Rockers, the D line coach. I love Tracy, man. I didn't great know dude. She, yep. <laughs> I didn't know that he was a D line coach for the Eagles, so I sent him a text. I said, "Man, what's it like being in that room?" He's like, "Dude, energy." That entire coaching staff has energy in the room. These guys really love what they're doing. They're really meticulous in what they're doing. There's really a caring for one another in the room. Well, he he's loves his get, coaching. He's got to get his boy going, man. He's got to get. He's got to get. You know, Fletcher Cox in the right mindset. You know what I'm saying? He's got to go in with the mindset that he wants to be the best defensive player to ever play the game, and that's what makes Aaron Donald such a fierce force because he thinks that every day. If Fletch would get that type of attitude, he would train himself and be that type of player. He could still be that guy, but I don't I, think he trains like that, though. Absolutely. Hey, guys, don't forget I'm going to be back doing the uh, the National Football Show a little bit later on today, 4 to 6 um, Eastern time. We're doing double duty. I'm doing two-a-days right now, Barrett. Yeah. So. <laughs> All good, man. Had a blast with you as usual, man. Thank you so much for having me in here. No question, man. See you tomorrow, bro. See you Got tomorrow. Got you tomorrow, man. Keep it right here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.